Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. And live from the third and thankfully last U.S. presidential debate, it's the fourth and inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, welcome to Las Vegas. I mean, I was all ready for this to be something about Des Bryant's kitchen, and then you threw the debate at me. That was just a little on the nose. <laughs> well, here, I'll throw something else at you. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> I, was, I was driving to work the other day, and cargo was zipping by me, and so I glanced, as a good distracted driver will do. I looked at the license plate to see you know, if there was anything interesting, and the, car, and the license plate was Wentz 11. And I'm, oh, you know, Jesus, already? I'm thinking, there's a bandwagoner for you. I mean, what's the season, <laughs> like six weeks old and somebody already has a one? And then I was curious whether that person, my first thought was whether the person had that license plate um, as soon as when Scott drafted or at some point during the summer or whether they you know, waited until after the week one performance against the Browns and went out and got it. And then my second thought was if he loses another two games in a row, are they going to be trading that in for a Chase Daniel license plate or, yes. or some other variation that we haven't thought of. I hope they have, so. like, a whole rotation they're just ready for. It. Like, they could have had a Sam Bradford one over the summer. You just don't know. Or maybe yeah. maybe they're huge North Dakota State fans, and this they've had for years. That, that's a more likely explanation, I think. But Not anyway, fun, while, I ponder whether, while I ponder whether that's a likely <laughs> explanation or not, Jana, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? Well, we'll be here so for our you. regularly scheduled hour, just on a slightly different time. We'll be here with you until 8.30 tonight, and then we'll return to our regularly scheduled programming next week from 9 to 10 on Wednesdays, as usual. Uh, you can find us all over social media on Twitter at the number 4 THIN inches show, uh, at fantasy underscore Sherpa, JKIM16, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. We're going to take you through all of the games, give you predictions, even scores. Yeah, we'll see how good those are. But uh, injuries, news and notes, your starts and sits, your daily fantasy, uh, and your waiver wire picks. So we got an action-packed show for you this week, despite two teams being on buys, the Cowboys and the Panthers. Uh, so I uh, am clearly... You. Clearly, I'm a little less ornery than usual, so that's good for everybody. <laughs> yeah, at least the Cowboys can't lose this weekend. So exactly. That, as a Cowboys fan, bye game. weeks are the best. <laughs> I still don't know what they're going to do with Tony Romo when he comes back. It looks more and more like they're trying to figure out a plausible way to just keep Dak Prescott in there and not mess with a good thing. I mean, realistically... If I'm Tony Romo, I need to come out and say something to the effect of, I don't want to mess with the chemistry of this team um, and and kind of take myself out of the conversation so that it becomes less of a circus. That's not what will happen because this is the Cowboys. Um, and I think we can all stop talking about trading him. I'm looking at you, Donovan McNabb, because no one's going to take that contract. I don't think even the Jets are that dumb. Um, so, what it's going to come down to is Tony Romo and Mark Sanchez maybe eating hot dogs on the sideline while Dak Prescott, you know, goes out there and plays. And then I want I want to have Romo maybe at the end of the season get a little bit of garbage time in to get his timing back uh, so that if Dak, God forbid, gets injured or we go to the playoffs and maybe he isn't playing so well, we've got an option, and it's not Mark Sanchez. And that makes me feel a lot better about things. I don't know. I, I still – think that over the course of the season, I'd rather have Tony Romo as my quarterback than Dak Prescott, but you I'm, obviously I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I'd like to stay with the hot hand, and right now what Dak's doing works. He's handing the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Romo. Exactly, and it works out great. But Tony Romo's not going to just do that. He's a gunslinger. He's got to throw downfield. He's got Des Bryant 58 yards away he's going to throw to. And, like, that can be all right, but... You know, 
right now, the semi-conservative way that Dak's playing, that works. All right, so enough of Dak and the Cowboys. Why don't we get on to the slate? We've got almost a full slate this week. As you mentioned, we've got Carolina and Dallas are the only teams on vacation. Well, actually, technically, I guess the Giants and the Rams are on vacation since they're playing in London, although it's... Do you think Odell Beckham Jr. brought his new fiance, the kicking net, with him? A little overseas action? No, but I'm guessing they probably you probably custom ordered one from over there to be brought to the stadium. So we'll I see. expect but nothing less. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be an item on the back page of the New York tabloids this week. So mm-hmm. first up, we've got the Thursday night game, and I know you love Thursday night games. Last week, Chargers mild upset. Well, maybe not so mild upset over <laughs> the Broncos. This week, we've got Chicago the Snatched a defeat from the jaws of victory last week against Jacksonville, hosting, excuse me, on the road against Green Bay, which you know, managed to lose to the Cowboys at home. So that was ugly. How do you, yeah, I, I know the conventional wisdom on this game is going to be to pick the Packers, but I just don't see it. I think even with Brian Hoyer, the Bears are just a better you know, offense right now than the Packers, which sounds weird to say with Aaron Rodgers there and his full complement of receivers healthy. Obviously, the backfield is banged up, which we'll get to in a minute. But Very banged up. I like Chicago, I like Chicago <laughs> in this game, and I'm going to take them to win on the road by a touchdown. I'll go with the final score of Chicago 28, um, Green Bay 20. Okay, so we see this very similar. Like you, like you said, you can absolutely make a case that Aaron Rodgers is going to be cranky. He's going to come back. He's going to beat up on the Bears. It's Thursday night. Weird stuff happens all the time. But realistically, and I had this argument, argument very vehemently with somebody at work today who swore up and down that they were making an incredible survivor pool pick by picking the Packers this week, and I told them that was not the case. Oh, uh, totally but, disagree. Yeah, thank you. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, I I think, for me, smart money is on the Bears winning this game. Not only uh, are, as shocking as this feels to say, the Bears are actually a a marginally healthier team right now, but their offense is more cohesive. Their defense leaves something to be desired, but so does the Packers, for sure. And Brian Hoyer, if you were to look at Aaron Rodgers and Brian Hoyer's stats from this season next to each other, they're almost identical. If anything, Brian Hoyer's actually been better on paper. Now, granted, you're going to want Aaron Rodgers. His ceiling's higher, but Brian Hoyer is leading this Bears offense. It's not, you know, super exciting. It's not real sexy, but it works. He and Jordan Howard have a good thing going. You know, the receiver's a little banged up, but it works, and I think they're going to win 27-21, so I'm right along the same score as you've got. Wow. I'm yeah. shocked. I, I know. So, I know. So do you think <laughs> – do you think the uh, Bears have a quarterback controversy brewing? Is it possible for a one in five team to have a quarterback controversy when Jay Cutler gets back? I yeah, I think so. But Jay Cutler's not a real fast healer. We're probably still two weeks away from this being an issue. But if I'm the Bears, I'm going to keep Brian Hoyer in there until he loses the job himself. I don't think that Jay Cutler has played well enough to just come back and slide right into this this position. Okay, and as far as Green Bay goes, what do you make of their backfield situation? Uh, the there? fact they... that I'm probably as qualified to play running back as anybody this week for the Packers. Um, they did, so, spoiler alert for, for uh, our upcoming segments, but Eddie Lacy is not going to play this week. He's got an ankle injury. He left the game early last week. Um, they're talking he could miss a couple of weeks. I'd say this is more week to week than anything else right now. Um, James Starks is still out with a knee injury. He's absolutely not playing. It looks like Ty Montgomery could be getting uh, the bulk of the action in the backfield. They're going to rotate between wide receivers back there. Uh, It's going to get weird. Uh, Niall Davis they picked up from, they traded for from the Chiefs, which is actually great because he was just not getting used and he's very talented. Unfortunately, they traded for him and they play on Thursday. So there's not a lot of time for him to learn the offense. Uh, he does. He is somewhat familiar with the West Coast offense, but he's going to be returning kicks, absolutely. They're going to try to work him in the backfield a little bit, but this is going to be a crapshoot. 
Okay, so yeah, let's move on to the next game. Then we've got uh, the the Sunday morning game, which is even stranger than usual because we've got an <laughs> East Coast team playing a West Coast team in London. So for the Rams, it'll be three thirty local time when they you know, take the field on uh, on um, on no not three thirty. I guess it would be six thirty. Um, I have no time. idea what the time difference is anymore. 6.30 a.m. their time. I think the game begins at 9 or 9.30 Eastern, so be mm-hmm. 6.30 on the West Coast Sunday morning. So that's a little bit high. I mean, I know they fly over early in the week, and professional athletes, I'm sure they can get used to the time difference, but their fans probably have not been getting up early all week to adjust to the time difference. So probably be a lot if of If you are, people. then props to you because that's incredible dedication, and I respect that. Yeah, so I, Eli Manning managed to get on track a little bit last week. Of course, part of that is a function of the fact they have no run game whatsoever, and I nope. don't see that changing anytime soon. Mm-mm. I think this game is going to be a, a shootout passing-wise, and I think the Giants are in a little bit better shape right now than the Rams. I mean, I like what Case Keenum has bounced back after those two awful games to start the season. Now he's thrown for 300 yards a couple of times. Kenny Britt looks yeah. like he's having a revival and all, but still, I think Giants have a few too many weapons on offense in the passing game. I think I'll go with the Giants to win this one. I'll say Giants 28, Rams 21. I'm actually taking the Rams in the upset here. It's London. Stuff gets weird. I have it as a little lower scoring of a game than you do. Uh, I've got the Rams winning 24-20. I do think this is going to have to be a pass-heavy game on both sides of the ball. I just think that the Rams are going to be able to edge them out. Uh, They're going to keep building on what they've done. And it just, Eli Manning having to throw that much scares me. Odell Beckham Jr. has got a bum hip. You know, it's just, I think it could be a perfect storm of an upset here. So, as far as the Rams go, Todd Gurley holding him, if you have him in leagues, and also you know, Kenny Britt, what do you think of him? Is he for real you know, with a couple of good games and almost 400 yards of receiving yeah. under his belt now, or do you think he's still uh, someone not to be trusted yet? No, he is for real. I mean, I liked him in Tennessee, but uh, I he, he's got a great skill set. He's got a high ceiling now that he seems to finally have a rapport with Case Keenum. I'm all about it. I love it. Okay. Moving along here, we've got the suddenly hot Washington Redskins at yeah, what is the that? suddenly hot what? Detroit Lions. And I, this game I actually don't think will be that close, and surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly for you, I'm hmm. going to go with the Redskins here to win this one pretty easily. I think they'll be able to run and pass against the Detroit defense. I think Washington's defense has been better the last couple of weeks, and you know, I, I think Washington wins this by a couple of touchdowns. I go with the final score, Washington 38, Detroit 24. Okay, yeah, so we do see this a little differently. Um, now, granted, Washington has looked better. I will give them that. Um, I don't necessarily think they look as good as their record shows, but I could probably also say that about the Cowboys. Uh, Detroit, I like I like their offense. I like what they're doing. Yes, their defense will give up points, but I'm not quite as sold on Washington as you are. I'm taking Detroit 27-21. Uh, Matt Jones needs to prove himself tremendously before I start to get excited about that Redskins run game. I actually, I mean, that's kind of a three-headed monster there right now with Kelly and Thompson and Jones. I mean, Jones is obviously the one you want to own, but especially Thompson, if you're in a PPR league and you're looking for a end of the lineup flex option in a really deep league. I, I think he's worth considering. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not there yet. All right. So <laughs> next we have two teams that I think are going to combine to score less points than the Redskins this week and that's Minnesota Oof. on the road at Philadelphia. <laughs> that's this game, mean. I think, this this game looks to me like it's going to be, I guess you don't say defensive shootout, defensive struggle. The Sam um, Bradford Bowl. The, <laughs> the Sam Bradford returns bowl. And uh, I think he'll make a not-so-triumphant return. I think Philadelphia is going to break their two-game losing streak and hang the Vikings' first loss on them in a low-scoring game. 
We'll go with Philadelphia to win this on a late field goal. Philadelphia, 17, Minnesota, 14. Okay, I'm considerably more excited about the St. Bradford Bowl than you are, and that's the only way I'm going to refer to this game. Um, there, there are two sides. Of this. I could make a case that this could go either way, but I'm choosing to go Minnesota 27-21. Uh, neither of these teams are really lighting the world on fire. I think this is going to be more a product of mistakes than necessarily great play. I'm not super excited about a lot of fantasy options in any either side of the ball here. But I think that Minnesota's defense is going to be the difference, uh, and the Eagles' offensive line is going to be kind of their downfall. So Sam Bradford rolls on. One guy that intrigues me is Jarek McKinnon in this game because Philadelphia, they had a you know, top-ranked run defense before last week, and the Redskins kind of shredded that. And you wonder, is that just a one-week thing where – Washington you know, have the right game plan in the perfect storm. Well, you know, in all, in all fairness, we have a better passing game too. Or almost any other where... defense, I think, aside from the Vikings defense, uh, had the same set of variables that the Eagles did last week. They were on the field for almost like 40 straight playable minutes. Like it was outrageous. The Eagles' offense was on the field for about a minute and a half in both the second and third quarters. Uh, they they just were scoring on special teams plays and things like that, but they just they were on the field way too long. They got exposed, and I think you know nine out of ten defenses in this league would have had a similar result. So I think that's more of a one off than an all the time thing. I'm not saying the Eagles' defense is good, um, but I don't think it's as bad as it looked last week. Well, I think it is pretty good. It's just a matter of are they really a top notch defense? Is I seem to be saying here, or are they just a, a good, a very good defense? And I guess we'll see this week. I'm just not sold on Minnesota's offense yet. Defense, obviously, they're one of the top, at least statistically, in the league so far, but uh, we'll see if that's mm-hmm. enough to carry them through to victory here. So onward and upward, we've got the, the uh, mistake by the lake, the, the Cleveland Browns playing <laughs> at Cincinnati. The and mistake the, by the lake, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not original. I wish I could take credit for it, but uh, no, but I love anyway. it. <laughs> so, anyway, we've got Cleveland at Cincinnati, the first edition of the Ohio Bowl this year, and this is going to be a high-scoring game. Cleveland should be able to run the ball at will against Cincinnati. Cincinnati should be able to pass the ball at will against Cleveland. When all is said and done, I think Cincinnati has a little bit more offense than Cleveland does, and I'm going to go with them to win this in a pretty high-scoring game. I'll say Cincinnati 34, Cleveland 27. Okay, I have a little less scoring. I agree with you. Andy Dalton, the Ginger Ninja, going to take Cincinnati to victory here. Uh, I'm thinking more 27-17. I'm not quite as excited about the Cleveland uh, offense and run game as a whole as you are, but uh, I think this is at least going to be more competitive than in years past, so that's something. Well, Cody Kessler is quietly, and again, I'm biased. I like Cody I like Kessler. USC, I'm on board with him. He's he's putting together quietly. He's you know establishing himself there, and you know with Andrew Hawkins and Ricardo Lewis starting to step up, and Terrell Pryor, you know having a decent season. Gary Barnage showing signs of life. Their passing game is actually in pretty good shape, and then you've got you know Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson. They they have the makings of a pretty good offense. It's just for whatever they do. Reason, I just you know, don't think they're there yet. The problem, but I, yeah. I think they can hang you know, a good amount of points on Cincinnati. I just think their downfall is it has been in other games this season so far as they're just not going to be able to stop anybody in crunch time. But we'll see. Yeah. So yeah. Next, next up we've got an AFC South battle, the Indianapolis Colts. What's happening to them <sighs> playing at Tennessee? Indianapolis, both of these offenses are fairly one-dimensional. I know Frank Gore passed a milestone last week, which is, I guess, mm-hmm. better than passing a stone. But anyway, he's... He could have done um, that. We don't know. <laughs> we don't. He's old enough, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> Indianapolis, pretty one-dimensional offense. You know, with the pass, Tennessee, pretty much a one-dimensional offense with the run. Although Marcus Mariota, he's shown signs of his life last couple weeks. Do you think... He's on the verge of breaking out, or is that just yeah. something where it's a function of who they played the last couple weeks? 
No, I think he is he's poised for a, a nice breakout over the next couple of weeks here. I think that this Tennessee offense is really about to start uh, kind of building off what they've done over the, the end of last season and the beginning of this season. I think they're primed to do some big things, and I think they're going to win this game this week. I don't see it being a hugely high-scoring game, uh, but I think Tennessee wins 27-21. Indianapolis, there's a lot of things to be concerned about there. And even, you know, Andrew Luck can't overcome everything anymore. Like, it's just, it's too much. There's too many holes. There's too many problems. Uh, they need to really start looking at it. Like, it's it's not even that they need to rebuild. It's They need to find a way to stay healthy and find some quality backups that, when someone goes down with an injury, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, maybe get a secondary. Just think about drafting defensive players. But I think Indy's in some trouble. All right. I actually agree with you on the winner, but I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring. I'm going to go with the same score I did in the Cincinnati-Cleveland game. I'm going to say Tennessee 34, Indianapolis 27. So we'll see. Do you think Derrick Henry has fantasy value in the second half of the season, or are they just is that the DeMarco Murray show and that's it? Uh, no, I think that he will. Like, I, I just, I think that especially in a in a PPR league or a deeper league, I think he's going to have some value because DeMarco Murray is a little injury prone. He's going to need some, some downtime. The amount of, that they're using him now, he's going to need to get some rest. And especially, hopefully they're looking at games where they're going to have garbage time and they're going to have some more opportunities to work Derrick Henry into this, this offense a little bit more. And I think there's going to be value there. Yeah, well, they're they're nipping at the heels of the Texans right now, so that's you know they should be playing some meaningful games later on in the season. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, yeah. Let's let's see now. So we've got Indy and Tennessee. We just did that one. Oh, here's here's an interesting piece of trivia. So Baltimore is at the Jets <laughs> this week. Yes. Do, do you know playing, what my trivia oh, is? Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying not to steal your thunder. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I can't think of a time in history before when you know, a team has played two weeks in a row as the road team in the same stadium. If so, they had won, like I maybe would have just wanted to stay. Just keep the momentum going. Don't go home. Just you know, just stick with it. <laughs> well, they're they're relatively close. I mean, that's a short plane ride or even a bus ride up to yeah ninety five and the turnpike so that's not so far away but yeah if it were a team say you know i don't know you know even some of the other teams in their division Pittsburgh, cleveland mm-hmm. cincinnati yeah that would have been interesting to see what they do I, I think the jets had that situation a few weeks ago i mean a few years ago or maybe it was the Bengals that had that situation where they played the jets in the final game of the season and then they turned around and played them i think in the same stadium for yeah. the yep. opening rounds of the wild card the was following weird. week but uh anyway that was weird so anyway i picked the ravens to beat the giants last week at giant stadium well i guess it's no longer mm-hmm. giant stadium i still call it that even though it's That's technically okay. MetLife stadium or whatever it is now but so i picked the ravens last week on the road at that stadium i'm going to pick them again this week at that stadium, and I think final score, Baltimore 27, New York 20, and, of course, the big question on Jets fans' minds, as well as uh, maybe a few other people who might be interested for fantasy purposes with Ben Roethlisberger down, but Geno Smith, you give him a second chance or you just stay the hell away from him? Geno Smith is dead to me. (laughs) Not giving him a second chance. I'm done with him. I'm over it. The fact that it took him this long to put him in, it speaks volumes to me about the fact that the Jets aren't even really excited about giving him a second chance. Um, didn't really light the world on fire when he came in in the fourth quarter last week. Fumbled, so I don't expect too much different. I'm taking Baltimore 31-21. Uh, I just the fact that the only the healthiest of the Jets wide receivers is Brandon Marshall and he's not generally all that healthy anyway is a little troubling. Uh I just Baltimore's got more going for him. Neither defense really is a great option, but it just I don't think this game's going to feel very competitive at any point. You think this is the week we finally see Austin Safarian Jenkins make an impact? Actually, I think it may, may very well be. Okay, we'll see if that yeah. turns out. So, 
Oakland at Jacksonville. Neither of these teams are so doing as well as they had hoped, <laughs> but it um, be interesting to – well, actually, I shouldn't say that. You know, Raiders, yeah, that was a disappointing loss to the Chiefs at home last week, but a 4-2 record tied with the Broncos. Told Brock you that was going to happen, Too much about that. You did. You did call that one correctly. So Henry, this week no. I'm on the other side, though. I'm picking against um, the Raiders this week. I think Blake Bortles is going to be able to pass his way to, you know, I don't know, at least 300 yards, maybe even more. But I'll say Jacksonville wins this in somewhat of a shootout. I'll go with Jacksonville 31, Oakland 24. I think this is going to be one of the highest-scoring games of the week. I'm super hyped to watch it. Uh, Oakland, I'm taking 34-30. This is going to be a shootout on both sides of the ball. Both Blake Bortles and Derek Carr are fantastic starts this week. I'm excited. So hyped. I've actually seen Alan Hearns show up on the waiver wire in a couple of leagues. Pick him I'm up. In, which surprises me a little bit. I mean, I still think he's at best the second option there but behind Alan Robinson, who hasn't exactly lit the world on fire yet this year either. But uh, if he's on the waiver wire, depending on what else I have or who's injured on my bench, I think he's a worthwhile pickup and stash. And if you need him this week, it's probably a good week to start him. It's a great week to start him. I am so excited about the fantasy prospects on both sides of the ball here. Okay. So speaking of those pesky Kansas City Chiefs, they're at home against the even peskier New Orleans Saints, who I thought would lose at home to Carolina last week. That was another game that you called correctly that I whiffed on. But okay. Here, <laughs> New Orleans still looks like a one-dimensional offense to me. Pass, pass, pass. Kansas City, yeah, I think they're going to be able to run more pass against New Orleans. I think at home, Alex Smith, a little bit more offense than New Orleans is going to be able to muster. Kansas City at least has some semblance of a defense, especially against the run. So I'll go with a final score here of um, Kansas City 34, New Orleans 28. I'm taking Kansas City 30, New Orleans 24. This is, I guess, a, a quasi-upset. I, I don't know if it really counts. But um, I just think that Kansas City has some momentum going. I I like what they're doing on offense right now. Alex Smith looks really good. Their defense is not terrible. Not, you know, a number one defense, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to give up points. I don't think you should start them this week. But I think they'll slow New Orleans down enough. Plus, Drew Brees over the last couple of weeks, his touchdown-interception ratio isn't as quite a, as big of a difference as I'd normally like. He's a little more pedestrian, and I say that with all due respect because he's still putting up 400 yards. It's just his stats aren't as overwhelming as I'd like to, him to be against some of these defenses he's playing. And I think that Andy Reid's going to be able to dial it up. I just I think Kansas City's poised to to take down New Orleans this week, and I think New Orleans is going to have to start really trying to figure out a different way to win some of these games. Next up, we've got the team that for me is probably it is one of the biggest surprises in the NFL this year. When they started off 0 and 2, I figured that Rex Ryan might as well just update his resume and you know start cleaning out his locker, but and then that we thought Rob Ryan should as well. And then, whoop, yeah, they fired their work. offensive coordinator, and who knew? That seems to have done something for them. And all of a sudden, the guy who was team. least deserving of getting fired, but it, it worked out. Yeah, it's really strange. And So, anyway, Buffalo, they're one four in a row this week. They're on the road at Miami. Miami coming off of a pretty stunning home upset against the Steelers last week. Of course, a lot of that due to Ben Roethlisberger being out of commission for a good chunk of the game. But, you know, they did play pretty well at yeah. Ajayi. I don't think anybody saw him rushing for 200 yards. But this week, I think Buffalo, they're going to be able to run rough shot over Miami's defense, and I'm going to pick them to win this final score, Buffalo 30, Miami 20. Okay, I I do agree with you. I think Buffalo is going to win this game. I think it's going to be closer Miami is going to get better as these weeks go on. Their their offensive line's back together. Ryan Tannehill looks like he remembers how to throw to his own players. It's an exciting time. Um, but Buffalo is going to be able to come into Miami and 
you know, do a little more damage, even though uh, LaShawn McCoy took a turn for the worst today, but we'll get to that. I've got Buffalo 24-21, so I'm not quite as hyped on, on Buffalo as you are, but I still think they'll win this game. All right, so next is the game that I think is going to be the highest offensive scoring game, you know, the highest scoring game this week, and that's San Diego on the road at Atlanta. San Diego, 10 days to prepare. I think this is just going to be a track meet. I don't think either defense can stop the other's offense uh, passing game, and I, th- I think Atlanta just has a little bit more firepower, you know, receiver-wise and all than, than San Diego does, so I'm going to go here with a, a fairly substantial margin. I'll say Atlanta wins this by 13, Atlanta 41, San Diego Ooh. 28. Okay, you're going all in on the high score. This is probably – this is absolutely the game I am most excited to watch in the afternoon um, or late in the day. But um, I I won't even get into my normal tangent about how uneven the scheduling is. But I think San Diego, uh, they're going to bring it. Atlanta is too. Neither of these defenses are going to slow either of these offenses down. And I'm also incredibly excited about the fantasy potential in this game. But I've got Atlanta winning 31-28. And uh, so I don't think it's going to be quite as high scoring as you do, but still, uh, I think probably the most high scoring, one of the most high scoring games. All right. Next, we've got Tampa Bay at San Francisco. So Tampa Bay at the Ugh. city by the bay. And this is legitimately the game I am least excited to watch, without a doubt. Uh Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, neither. I, I, I'm, I hate I'm everything thinking, about what's happening on this field. <laughs> I still think Jameis Winston is is kind of fun to watch, and that he's got a chance to to break out still this season. But yeah. this game, you know, I guess the whole thing is, you know, Doug Martin. How healthy is he going to be if he plays? Not healthy. And yeah, otherwise, not at today, all healthy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Chuck his Rogers is he you know still going to rush for a hundred some odd yards? I just think both of these teams are going to be relying heavily on the run game, but I just think Tampa Bay is a little bit better equipped to stop the run than San Francisco is, and therefore I'm going to pick them to win this game. I'll say Tampa Bay 27, San Francisco 24. I'm taking Tampa Bay 21-20. I I don't have much good to say about either side of this. Uh, I do like Jaquiz Rogers this week. Jameis Winston is fun to watch. I will give you that. Uh, San Francisco needs to just figure something out. Carlos Hyde's walking around in a sling. Life is not good out there. Tory Smith, I'm a little bit higher on him now that Colin Kaepernick is back as quarterback. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that's good for the offense as a whole, but I think for Tory Smith personally, that could be a, a good thing. So I I agree with you. I, would, I do. If you're I just don't in know if, need of if a wide receiver, Colin Kaepernick's going to stick as the quarterback long term. I just don't know what they're going to do there yet. At this point, I think they've got to give him the rest of the season. I think. See, you would think you know, that, barring, and that'd be logical, but. <laughs> I mean, barring injury, they're one in five. You know, they're not going anywhere. You know, certainly not to the playoffs with you know. With you know, Blaine Gabbert, I don't think they have anything to lose by you know seeing if if Kaepernick is is you know, better than that. So uh, yeah, we'll find out. I would yeah, we'll see how much patience Chip Kelly has. True. Next up, we've got a game that before last week probably would have been considered a real tight game. Mm, just yeah, and one of the better ones to watch this week. I suppose it's potentially no. still a good game, but you know I'm not as high on Landry Jones to to keep this close. I think New England's going to be able to pass up and down the field all day against that Steelers secondary. So I'm going to go with a final score of New England 38, Pittsburgh 24. How do you see this? I I like Landry Jones against pretty much any other team. I like Landry Jones as a quarterback. This matchup is terrible for him. Um, it's just I think New England's going to come in. I think it'll they'll keep it sort of reasonable. I think I I see it more 28-17. Um, New England's going to come in. Tom Brady's going to put his numbers up and then have a press conference about how he doesn't think they're playing all that well, like we're now doing every week. Um, but I just 
I just think it's not enough time. Things aren't looking that great for Pittsburgh. I don't see a way that Landry Jones, short of Tom Brady's like leg falling off, can find a way for the Steelers to win. Okay. Next up we've got Seattle at Arizona. This is one game that I think could be a really exciting game. Maybe not the highest scoring game, but just in terms of intensity and back and forth and close game throughout. And Arizona, I don't know, you know, you were complaining before about the schedule makers and with respect to sending San Diego to the East Coast, I think. But, I mean, Arizona, what's going on there? I think this is their seventh game of the season and it's their fifth home game already. Who is making the schedule? Who are they like? For, like I don't know if they're paying somebody off in the in the office. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> well, it's it's not. I guess, they're gonna they're gonna be on the road a lot down down the stretch, which maybe isn't great, but I don't know. Well, I, I guess the the other question though is, you know, here they are. They've had all these, you know, they've had four of their first six at home, and they're still only three and three. Do you think? I know we both picked them to win the Super Bowl before the year started. Do you sure want did. to uh, take that back at this point, or you nope. think that's still a reasonable thing that they're it. going to get their act together, even though they're still they're going to be playing the ball for their games on the road the second half of the season? Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with it. Uh, I I see a lot of good things. I still like the same things I liked coming into the season. Sure, their record's not what I thought it would be, but. I can overlook that. They can they can rally. At least they're not one in five, so things are all right. Okay. So let's see here. I'm I'm gonna go with um, Arizona winning this twenty seven twenty four. Oh man, I picked the, I literally picked the exact same score. So yep, <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> but I think. You know, my thinking in looking at this game was that it could very easily go either way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a turnover here or there. I, I think, you know, that's why I think this will be one of the more fun games to watch, even if it's not one of the more high-scoring games. I think this week. is going to end up being an, just running back against running back. Like, it's going to be Christine Michael and uh, David Johnson just kind of going back and forth because this is going to be a battle of the run game. Uh, and... David Johnson is, is sure proving his worth for the people mm-hmm. that drafted him in the first round of their drafts. I know a lot of people were on the fence, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, but so far it hasn't even been close this season. No, not even. So, and then finally we've got a Monday night game. And, oh. and by the way, I don't think you want either one of those teams, Seattle or Arizona, in your knockout pool this week. I would nope. stay away from and you that don't game. don't want Green uh, Bay. I'm looking at you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so I, if I had to, you know, one last tangent here, if I had to pick a team this week in a knockout pool, I think Atlanta would be very appealing to me. I know you disagree with Washington, but they would be very appealing to me. And I think also New England, even though they're on the road, I think. Yeah. Without Ben Roethlisberger, that's that team isn't you know half as good as it as it would be otherwise. So those would probably be my top three choices. I agree with you. And ironically, this guy who I I literally spent half an hour berating about his pick of Green Bay, his brother picked Arizona or Atlanta in the same survivor pool. So you know half okay. the family knows what they're doing. All right. So and then finally the Monday night game we've got the battle of running backs. Houston, Lamar Miller at Denver, um, C.J. Anderson, and now Devontae Booker starting to make some noise. This game is another one that I think is a toss-up, Denver. They start off the season on fire, but I don't think they're going to turn into the the Arizona Cardinals of a few years ago where they started 4-0 and then won maybe one or two games the whole Hmm. rest of the season. But they're definitely not hitting on all cylinders right now, and you could argue that maybe that's just – you know, who they are, that you know, if their defense plays well, they have a chance. But otherwise, that offense isn't going to carry them. Trevor Simeon looked good a few weeks back and now seems to have regressed. And I'm actually going to go with uh, the the former do Denver it. quarterback, do the, Brock, nope. the Brock Osweiler <laughs> Terrible idea. Bowl, Sam, Brad, Sam Bradford Bowl and the Brock Osweiler Bowl. Oh. I'm going to go with Houston to win this one. I'll say Houston 23, Denver 20. 
Okay, we're similar in the score. I no, Brock Osweiler is not going to win this game. Uh, the Brock Weiler. Well, you didn't is think San Diego was going to win last struggling. week either. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm taking Denver 21-17. You make some valid points, um, but Denver's defense is a better defense than Houston. The Houston offense does not strike fear in my heart or anybody else's. And I don't know if you know who has the highest quarterback uh, rating in the fourth quarter, but that is one Trevor Simeon, and that's what this is going to come down to. The fourth quarter, he is going to lead that game-winning drive, and Houston's going to go home the loser of the Brockweiler Bowl. All right. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, these two teams are actually, at least in terms of yards per game given up, have the top two pass defenses in the NFL, so that's why I think this is going to be pretty much of a run fest, and I just think that... I also, um, I've never been a Lamar Miller fan, so it's hard for me to get behind him. Okay. We'll see what happens. So now that we've killed almost the whole show arguing about meaningless things, why don't we uh, (laughs) get on to some actual fantasy picks then? So, running back-wise, Whose injuries should we be focused on this week? Carlos Hyde uh, showed up at practice the other day in a sh- in a sling. He's got a shoulder injury. He is likely not going to be playing this week. Uh, like we talked about, Eddie Lacy is not going to play uh, with his ankle injury. They're officially still calling him doubtful, but he's not playing. James Starks is out. Niles Davis is na- Niall Davis is now a Packer. Doug Martin suffered a setback today with his hamstring injury. There's no timetable for his return. He is not going to play this week. Deion Lewis, still battling back from that knee injury, is likely not coming back until week 10, so keep him on your bench. Arian Foster with the hamstring and groin injuries, he's going to play. He's not 100%. He's not getting the bulk of the carries, but he will still have some value. Jeremy Langford is still listed as doubtful. He's not going to play this week. Theo Riddick's questionable with that ankle injury. I'm still starting him. He will be in the lineup. Latavius Murray did practice today. He's battling a toe injury, so he's questionable. He'll still play this week. And LaShawn McCoy left practice today with a hamstring injury. Keep an eye on that. We don't know the severity yet, so over the next day or two, more will come out. Uh, if he's going to get on the field, I'm interested in still putting him in my lineup since he's a touchdown machine now. All right. In terms of the waiver wire, I know you spoke about Arian Foster, but I have little to no confidence in his ability to stay healthy. So J.H.I. will probably does. be at the top of my waiver wire <laughs> list this week in terms of running backs. Um, Latavius Murray, I think DeAndre Washington, if he's still mm-hmm. out there, is a pretty obvious grab. Uh, Devontae Booker, as I mentioned before, starting to eat into C.J. Anderson's carries a little bit. Chris Thompson in Washington, Rob Kelly in Washington, and Beck Benner had a nice game in Detroit last week, although I still wonder if maybe Justin Forsett isn't the play there longer term. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have Justin Forsett stashed, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. All right, so running backs um, that appealed to me a lot this week, Matt Jones would be there, Isaiah Crowell, um, DeMarco Murray, um, Terrence West, and um, Spencer Ware and LaShawn McCoy, if he's healthy enough to play. Um, and Jack Hiz, Rogers, um, Carlos Hyde, if those guys are on the field, mm-hmm. if Carlos Hyde is healthy. And um, then both the guys in the Houston, Denver game, Lamar Miller and T.J. Anderson, maybe even flex Devontae Booker if you're feeling adventurous. I'd add Christian Michael to that list, uh, David Johnson, DeMarco Murray, the usual suspects there. Uh, I like Chris Ivory and Melvin Gordon, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, uh, Spencer Ware, all guys I'd, I might add on. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of guys to avoid, uh, just, I look at that Minnesota-Philadelphia game and I'd like to go with Everybody, Jerry every just... running back. Don't start that. <laughs> Yeah, Jarek McKinnon, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, Wendell Smallwood, I think stay away from any running back involved in that game. Um, yeah. I'm not as keen on Melvin Gordon as you are. but um, yeah. And then I, I don't think it's going to be a great week for Le'Veon Bell either. But we'll see how mm-hmm. that works out. 
I mean, they're um, going to be relying on yeah. him pretty heavily. But I think if New England gets up by several touchdowns early, as I suspect might happen, they're going to have to abandon have to the start. run game and yeah, yeah, let see what happens there. So I would add Matt, Matt Forte is the guy I'd stay away from this week. Carlos Hyde, even if he plays, uh, that shoulder injury gives me some strife. I don't think he'll make it through a whole game. Frank Gore, not a fan this week. I don't like Matt Jones this week at all. Uh, Sherp and I disagree there. TJ Yeldon keeps burning me. I'm not excited about his matchup just because I think it's going to be a very pass-happy game. Yeah, I mean, and Chris Ivory is starting to get more and more carries there. I just, mm-hmm. I actually, I think I mentioned to you, I actually cut TJ Yeldon in one league a few weeks I'm not, ago. I'm not ready to do was, that yet. <laughs> part of it was out of spite. We had that talk already, but I, I don't see anything yeah. that's, I mean, I'd rather speculate on a, a Niall Davis at this point than, than carry TJ Yeldon. I picked, Yeldon I picked on Niall my Davis up on a couple of teams this afternoon. I'm I'm going in on it. I think it could work out. All right. Wide receiver-wise, uh, who are some of the more obvious injury people that we should be keeping an eye on? Uh, ones that seem like they're they're trending towards possibly not playing. Uh, Will Fuller's pretty questionable with a bad hamstring. Stefan Diggs did finally come back to practice this week. It was a little troubling in practice yesterday coming off a bye, but that groin injury is still definitely a nagging problem. Uh, Devontae Adams in Green Bay still battling the concussion. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he's got the hip injury. I don't think that'll keep him off the field. Terrell Pryor's hamstring injury, however, I would keep a closer eye on. Steve Smith Sr. did not practice today with that ankle injury. I think that's more of a maintenance thing, but keep an eye on it. John Brown's still dealing with that nagging knee injury, and Emmanuel Sanders with the hip injury. Uh, So definitely keep an eye on those. I think those are going to go down a little bit more to game time than some of the other injuries. Uh, A lot of it's just maintenance. I had Eddie Royal on my list, too, as somebody yeah. who's still not really healthy. That toe so, injury. I think he's still going to play, though. He's pretty good about playing through injuries. And I just, I don't know. Well, I don't know that I would want him as a fantasy option this week. But you know, for waiver wire pickups, I like Kenny Britt a lot. Kendall Wright, blast from the past, as was Kenny Britt. Yeah. You know, Kendall Wright. It used to be the Ken and Kenny, Kendall and Kenny show in Tennessee. Now it's only the Kendall show, and it's not really even much of a show right now since last week was his first week back. But, you know, given that Marcus Mariota has looked better the last couple of weeks, I could see taking a flyer on Kendall Wright and hoping for the best. Cole Beasley, amazingly, is still owned in fewer than 50% of leagues. I what don't understand that doing? at all. Seriously. <laughs> Get yeah. it together. Pick him up. I, I mean, I realize it's a bye week for them, but still, if he's out care. there on the pick waiver anyway. wire, yeah. Pierre, Pierre Garçon has had a couple nice games in a row yes, for the Redskins. Torrey Smith, his value should go up with Colin Kaepernick back. Robert Woods is quietly having a pretty nice season there for Buffalo. Jameson mm-hmm. Crowder scored a touchdown last week and getting more involved in the Redskins offense. Yeah. Victor Cruz. Anquan Bolden, Mohamed Sanu, Ted Ginn Jr., Brian Quick, Kamar Aiken, Brandon LaFell, and Brashad Perryman were the others on my list. That's a pretty oh, solid I list. Had a few I have others. no arguments. Ty Montgomery um, yeah. and a few others, but they're, I'm now really <laughs> scraping bottom of the barrel, so I'll stop. That's okay. <laughs> All right. How about uh, top picks for this week wide receiver-wise for you? Um, as I pretty hyped about earlier the pretty much any of the wide receivers in the Jacksonville Oakland game I'm looking at Allen Robinson Allen Hearns Amari Cooper Michael Crabtree all gonna have big games uh Randall Cobb probably gonna have a bounce back game he usually is pretty strong against the Bears I expect that trend to continue Jeremy Macklin Tyrell Williams Deshaun Jackson and Jamison Crowder again another another team that's probably gonna put some points up AJ Green Julian Edelman I think is finally getting in the end zone this week Odo Beckham Jr., uh, Brandon Marshall, more of a flex option for me, but I think he's, by default, the healthiest guy out there. Kenny Britt, Robert Woods, T.Y. Hilton, Jordy Nelson, Julio Jones. A lot of good stuff this week. Good matchups. Yeah, I, I don't have any disagreements, nor do I really have much to add to That's that. Okay. You know, I think the scores are pretty self-explanatory there. How about anybody that you, or any games where you'd be staying away from uh, wide receivers? You know, I guess for me, Antonio Brown 
sticks out and somebody who would normally yeah. be an opening. Antonio play Brown is, is pretty terrible so when much. Big Ben's not under center. Uh, Landry Jones and he don't seem to have much of a rapport, so I'm pretty much looking at any other wide receiver but Antonio Brown. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald and and John Brown could have a dud week. I'm just not sure because I, I just I don't think there's going to be enough there in the pass game. Stephon Diggs at groin injury scares me. Plus, there's not going to be a ton of points there. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, I'm not nearly as excited about the Houston prospects as you are. Jordan Matthews, again, the the Sam Bradford Bowl is going to be very much like its namesake and not a very high octane pass effort. Okay. The one thing that I would add to that list are the Detroit receivers. I don't think that they're going to do much against Washington's oh, yeah. defense. We disagree there a I little disagree. bit. With, yeah. um, That's you know, okay. Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden. And even though I mentioned Anquan Bolden over and over as somebody to pick up off the waiver wire, I don't think this is necessarily the ideal week to start him. Disagreements what's kept our show around for the last seven years, so that's probably a good That's thing. right. <laughs> it has. Okay. So let's let's find some quarterbacks to disagree on. First, how about injuries for quarterbacks? There's I don't know if you guys have heard, but one. Ben Roethlisberger had knee surgery. <laughs> he tore his meniscus. That's the depending the news is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick not being a starter anymore. De- depending who you ask, he's going to miss anywhere from two to six weeks. I lean two or three. Uh, he's a fast healer, despite the fact that they're like, oh, it's going to take a little longer. He's got that bone bruise from last year. Whatever. This guy heals like Superman. Uh, he essentially had his knee scoped. He'll be fine. He's coming back in two weeks. Uh, Landry Jones is going to be your starter in the meantime. Geno Smith taking over for the Jets. That's pretty forgettable. Jay Cutler is allegedly questionable with his thumb injury. He's not starting this week. Carson Palmer is dealing with a hamstring injury. Just keep an eye on it. He is listed as questionable. It looks like he'll be fine, but he did miss some time uh, in the game last week with it. As far as waiver wire options, Joe Flacco is still out there in a lot of leagues. Case Keenum, Brian Hoyer, Alex Smith. I know you're not so high on Brock Osweiler, Cody Kessler. Not at all. Trevor Simeon, Ryan Tannehill, Landry Jones, Colin Kaepernick. Those are the ones in descending order that I would be looking at. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Except, obviously, Brock Osweiler, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay. So, how about uh, quarterbacks that would be at the top of your list this week for a big passing game? Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that def- the Lions defense gave up almost 30 points to Case Keenum, fantasy points last week. Uh, I just hard to see Kirk Cousins not having a great game. Uh, as we talked about earlier, I'm all in on Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, Alex Smith. And if you're in a deeper league or you need to stream somebody, Jameis Winston, uh, I think he'll put some points up. It's not going to be a hugely high-scoring game. But if you're in a pinch, he's not a bad option. Brian Hoyer would be on my list. Eli Manning and Keith Keenum, I think they're both going to have big weeks. Kirk Cousins, I think, will have a big week. You disagree. Uh, Andy Hmm. Dalton, Andrew Luck. Um, I agree with you on Bortles. Disagree on Derek Carr. Um, That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Drew Brees, (laughs) Alex Smith, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, you know, Tom Brady, so I think we have fairly similar lists. How about uh, quarterbacks to avoid this week? I actually have Eli Manning on my avoid list. Um, I just – London and the interceptions, it's not my not my thing this week. Colin Kaepernick's on my list. Carson Palmer, I don't love the matchup. As I've said time and time again, it's going to be the David Johnson show. Plus, he's not 100%. So, for me, there are better options. Ryan Tannehill, uh, Carson Wentz, Brock Osweiler, Geno Smith. No surprise if you listen to the first half of this show. <laughs> well, hopefully Eli will look right before he passes the ball this week. Yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> All right. So next up, let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, injury-wise, what should we be looking at? Ugh, Tyler Eifert, uh, he finally came back to practice. Back injury seems to be on the mend. They're calling him questionable. I think it's kind of a long shot. That's going to go down to game time. Backs are a little tricky. Uh, Jordan Reed has a concussion. He was practicing today. He is not cleared from the concussion protocol yet. I think that's a little touch and go there, so I would keep an eye on that. Zach Miller's dealing with a rib injury. Jared Cook's going to be out with that ankle injury. 
Eric Ebron still got a bad knee. Charles Clay's got a bad ankle. He's not practicing. That looks a little more questionable than some of the others. Dwayne Allen also on the fence with an ankle injury. Antonio Gates with that bad hamstring. But generally you're not starting him right now anyway because you have some better options. But, you know, it's it's kind of a banged-up bunch. Okay. Um, in terms of waiver wire, Hunter Henry is the name that I've seen flying off of the waiver wire in several leagues this week. Yeah, I know he's owned in a lot of leagues already, but amazingly he was still unowned in, in quite a few. I think that's probably going to end after last week, but um, he was one that was on my radar this week. Uh, Charles Clay injury concerns aside, I think you know if he's able to play, he's somebody that you might consider picking up if your tight end is injured or on by. Lance Kendricks with the Rams, uh, Larry Donnell with the Giants. Seems like he's back to his form from a couple weeks excuse me, a couple years ago. Uh, C.J. <laughs> Sidorowicz seems to be the the tight end du jour in Houston now, and uh, that Jack Doyle keeps popping up every couple weeks with a big game. So if you're really desperate yeah. in a deep league, he's somebody else to consider. Um, right. Who do you Top like this week? Picks for this week. Um, Zach Miller, if he's healthy, um, Larry mm-hmm. Janelle, maybe even Will Ty, Lance Kendricks, I mentioned just now. Um, maybe Vernon Davis. Um, I like Vernon Davis. <laughs> yeah, um, I would love to see uh, Julius Thomas stay healthy enough to have a big game for uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Fleener, um, Hunter Henry, like him a lot. Um, the Atlanta situation, I don't know what's going on there. I thought Jacob Tammy was going to be a real star, and then all of a sudden Levine Toilolo has three catches and a touchdown last week. I don't know what's going on there. Um, New England, I like Levine Toilolo. The... I hate trying to say his name on the show when I'm talking fast, which I generally am. It's just it's a mouthful, and it's tough. <laughs> Every time I he catches a touchdown, you... I'm like, ah, oh, not again. <laughs> I think the less you think about his name when you say it, the better off you are. But, I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're talking to somebody who <laughs> called San Antonio home, San Antonio home for, for a number years. of years. <laughs> so I'm, I was glad when he uh, retired or was no longer offered a contract. That was, that was I breathed a heavy sigh of relief. And um, either of the Patriots' two-headed <laughs> monster, I think either Gronkowski or Martellus Bennett are, are good picks this week too. As far as tight ends, it's going to be interesting to see in Pittsburgh both with um, you know for Jesse James both with uh, Landry Jones being on the. Mm-hmm. Um, being the starter now, you figure the two probably have some rapport from the second team last year, but is that going to carry over into games this year? And then also, who knows when and if Ladarius Green is ever going to reappear there. But um, for right now, I'm a little bit uh, less optimistic about Jesse James' fantasy value going forward than I was. Oh, see, I'm, I'm actually there. more excited about it. Um, I, I, from what I understand, they have a pretty good rapport, uh, and I'm a big proponent of guy when you know second or third string quarterbacks come in that they already have guys that they like, and that's when you see a guy like Cole Beasley kind of pop off that maybe you weren't expecting. I think uh, I'm in the minority against what a lot of people are saying, but I think Jesse Jones is uh, Jesse James is poised to have a pretty nice game this week. I don't disagree with most of your other picks. I like Gary Barnage this week as well. I think he could have yes. a big game. Um, there's some points out there to be had for him for sure. It's a good defensive matchup for him. Okay. And anything you want to talk about uh, defenses or kickers, I think with the defenses it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Just you know, pick the teams that we think are, are not going to give up many points and, and you mm-hmm. should be okay. And So that means uh, not picking San Diego, not picking New Orleans, and not picking a <laughs> not picking the Steelers. So, anyway, I'm upset about that. So, why don't you hit us up with your uh, um, DFS picks for this week, and then we'll sign off. All right. I think we can do that. Um, I think there are are a couple of really nice stack potentials here this week. Atlanta, uh, Oakland, Jacksonville, you've got some some good options there if you're you're somebody who likes to play the stack. Um, So, quarterback-wise, really into Matt Ryan and Blake Bortles this week. the Raiders are absolute last against the pass. The Kirk Cousins, like I said before, Detroit just makes it rain points to quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers, uh, running back-wise, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Jeremy Hill, historically very good against Cleveland. Jamal Charles, New Orleans is just terrible, giving up rush touchdowns to so take advantage. 
LeGarrette Blunt, LaShawn McCoy, if he plays, all good options. Julio Jones, Alan Hearns, Pierre Garçon, good value play there. Victor Cruz has been getting more targets. Michael Crabtree, Mohamed Sanu, tight end-wise, Julius Thomas, Gary Barnage, Martellus Bennett, and Hunter Henry. And then defense-wise, New England, Buffalo, Arizona, all pretty much can't miss picks there. So uh, that's pretty much it for us this week. We'll be back at our normal time, Wednesday, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can find us all over social media at FantasyFootballSherpa.com, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. If you have any lineup questions or you just want to talk football, come find us. And good luck this week, unless you're playing against me. No Jets stack? I'm sorry? No Jets stack. No Jets Never. Stack. Never in my life. Okay. All right. <laughs> but if you need you need advice, come find us. And like I said, we'll be back in our normal time, so everyone go enjoy the debate. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.